we have Ollie Lester and I'm very pleased to have Ollie here with us. Hello Ollie. Hi. He is going to talk to us about empowering patients to change. How can we support change within a GP setting? And he's going to talk from a social prescriber and a health coach point of view. Um, because Ollie is a social prescriber for the coastal PCN in the New Forest in Hampshire. He's also come from a coaching background. So he's um, sort of well versed in this area. He's passionate and has a wealth of knowledge about low carb and real food diet and has sent me numerous links and has educated me in this area. Um, and he's also a, an ambassador for the Public Health Collaboration. So I've asked him to talk to us today because of his knowledge and his wonderful way of portraying this information and to show us how the PCN staff can support patients with education and guidance in this area. Because I know he runs healthy living Zoom classes for his very lucky patients to educate and support them in his PCN population and great res results. So thank you very much, Ollie. I'm gonna pass over to you. Yeah, thanks Camilla. Um, I'll just share my screen. Yeah, thanks. It's great being part of this uh, event. I've learned so much of uh, Jen and David and Graham. And uh, yeah, just sharing all that kind of content to my uh, patients as well. It's been brilliant. Um, and I've been eating uh, low carb for about three years now. And yeah, love it. Um, so yeah, I'll, yeah, each, each time I do a Zoom group, I start with quotes. Um, so yeah, I'll give you three to start with. The food you eat can either be the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison. And next one is what you eat programs your body with messages of health or illness. And feel free to agree or disagree with these, but uh, I agree with all this. Um, and the last one, health is the outcome of the small choices you make on a daily basis. And whatever your state of health, that is true. Um, and yeah, so I'm a social prescriber and a health coach. I've kind of combined the two roles. So I just explain it to patients. I help people sort themselves out uh, by non-medical means and just getting to the root cause of whatever their uh, ill is. Um, I've been doing a lot of uh, isolation and, and anxiety and depression calls for this past 12 months, which has been crazy. But um, yeah, I try and get uh, people to control what they can control. And a lot of that is down to food uh, choices and that kind of thing. And, and because I've been um, learning about the low carb way, I've been passing uh, these referrals and these recommendations on to the GPs and nurses I work with. So I get a lot of people with uh, blood sugar control and weight issues. So that's great. Uh, and I start each uh, phone call uh, normally with, uh, I'm not a doctor, I'm a health coach, social prescriber. So I try to help people to get to a better place and that's different for everyone. So yeah, everyone's a different puzzle to solve and it's getting to the root cause of their problems. Um, and yeah, I, I get a luxury of 30 minutes or 60 minutes to listen to them. Um, so yeah, GPs obviously don't get that. And with the ones with uh, weight issues or blood sugar control, um, yeah, that's often high on their list of things to change and often number one. And yeah, I asked them, few open questions why would this make a difference to your life if you could sort this out uh, if you don't make any changes are you okay with that and then you go in, into their lifestyle and how you occupy your time uh, and you know you're working from home or furloughed or who, who do you live with uh, who does the cooking and shopping and do you enjoy them um, yeah hunger throughout the day and what are you what are you currently eating so all this is really important to establish uh, yeah where they're at and where they want to get to so yeah I 
get let them go for about 15 minutes and then uh move on to this one so and then i come on to um yeah i've been learning a lot from people like david unwin who's been having amazing success with his patients uh all kinds of uh, amazing results and so yeah are you interested in hearing about that so they obviously say yes and then yeah a key thing for me uh, no matter if they're controlling blood sugars or wanting to lose body fat nobody really knows what the fat storage hormone is so i start there and uh, so it's insulin and i, I watched a video with a uh, Dr. Glenn Davies from New Zealand, who referred to insulin as the fat controller. And that's a good analogy that people get because who doesn't like uh, Thomas the Tank Engine? So if we know that, that's a good place to start. And then a follow-up question. So what are the foods that we eat that make our body produce all this insulin, uh, which makes us store fat? And you said you didn't want to be fat. So again, uh, we're, we're coming on to now to the carbs because these things make our blood sugar rise and that mean, uh, means the insulin comes in and makes us store fat. So in whatever form, um, yeah, rice to a can of Pepsi is, has the same metabolic effect. But we're <coughs> excuse me, telling people to eat this. And a third of our Eat Well plate, which Graham went into detail on, um, makes our patients and uh yeah we, we're, we're creating this problem with the advice from the uh, eat well guide which isn't very helpful if our goals are to control blood sugars and to lose weight um okay so then the third question is based on that info uh, based on the fact you'd like to lose body fat and control blood sugars what would you like to eat so that leads us into what all the uh, amazing food we can eat on a low carb real food lifestyle and I simply like to put it, it's a quest to find the foods that you love uh, that don't raise your blood sugar. And when you found those foods, like that's when the magic happens and everyone's got different taste buds and preferences. So I can't tell you what to eat and what you, you're going to enjoy. It's for you to go and look and experiment and research and plan and create your own health and create your own future in your own kitchens. So, yeah, it's kind of mapping out. Um, yeah, what you want to go go for and seeing foods from a different perspective um, so yeah it's kind of a bit of an adventure so yeah sometimes that's all somebody needs i spoke to one lady from mauritius now a care worker in hampshire um i spoke to her yeah back in november i haven't managed to get hold of her since but being from mauritius uh they eat a lot of rice and bananas in their culture so i chatted chatted to her for 30 minutes and then her doctor called two weeks later uh, and said she'd embraced the, the low carb way, lost weight, enjoying the food. Uh, no episodes of palpitations or feeling unwell. And then two weeks later, Dr. Glass calls again and, and Tara says she's felt the best that she has felt for years. Um, and yeah, I, I've, I've left a couple of messages for her, but I've managed, uh, managed to get a hold of her. And yeah, I know she bought the, uh, the Cal Daisies cookbook, which I uh, thoroughly recommend. And yeah, so, so given the right food and fuel, our human body can thrive. Uh, and yeah, I'll just pause for briefly. I had a year out in 2017 where I ditched my previous career in, in travel. I went traveling myself and I spent it in uh, Nepal and India pretty much the whole year. Uh, did loads of volunteer teaching and trekking in the mountains, hanging out with monks and learning how to be nice to myself, uh, yoga school and this kind of stuff. So I spent 10 months or 11 months out there and then the, the last sort of week in uh, November I went to Poland with Wim Hof 
and uh, learned how to control my head again and uh, learned how to how to deal with a cold. Um, and yeah, just bashing down my own limiting beliefs. And, and in that year, it was uh, yeah, trying to see life through a different lens, really. And I'll come back to Wim later. Uh, but when I landed back uh, after Nepal, India and Poland, uh, I, I kind of felt or, or was seeing life through a different lens. And it was like living in... Um, in like the, the emperor's new clothes because it struck me immediately back in our culture that we're stressed we're sedentary we eat the wrong foods and uh we're we're sleep deprived and we, we're kind of practicing the wrong habits in this culture by default whereas in asia i was practicing healthy habits uh, by default so yeah so that led me into becoming a health coach and i joined the health coaches association um and yeah wrong and chatterjee's are an advisor to them and as is Sam Feltham who's the director of the PHC and uh, I immediately resonated with what they were saying so I studied there and really health coaching is empowering people to change and upgrade their own health uh, with a bit of support and accountability so um, yeah all that's uh, rung true for me and yeah the PHC we've touched on it a few times but I mean they're trying to help uh, resolve like the obesity and uh, diabetes uh, problem in this country and both those things cost uh, the NHS around 16 billion a year but compared to say police which costs like 18 billion a year uh, roughly so if we sort the top one out we can effectively have free police that's how uh, my mind works anyway and and as we've seen from David and uh, Graham we can resolve these things so yeah but not everyone is like Tara and does it on their own um, so yeah, all these ambassadors for PHC have been running low carb groups around the country. Andy, uh, Mark and Liz have um, resolved their type 2 diabetes, reversed it and lost a lot of weight along the way. And they've uh, happily shared their content in, in designing a, a low carb Zoom group. And I pinched some of their ideas um, and Lou Walker as well. Um, and kind of design my own kind of eight week program based off the, the a similar structure but we all come at, at it from a different angle slightly but we're trying to get to the same uh, result so yeah my zoom group that i'm currently currently running and have run uh three cohorts last year as well and i've kind of invited it, um anyone who wants to control their blood sugars lose weight improve hope, overall health and well-being so yeah i've done done an eight-week course um, around the basics and then food swaps reading labels uh, and then what I go into sleep stress management and exercise which are all really important parts of health and then how to eat and, and how we digest and then a recap uh, releasing people back into the, the wild and uh, yeah it's all around empowerment and giving people hope as David uh, rightly does and peer support accountability uh, and yeah no judgment and kind of questioning limiting beliefs as well which we, we, we all have those um, and this is where I am today I'm in the armoured practice in New Milton and uh, yeah Jen touched on it and it's not our fault that our food environment is set up to create sickness uh, we're programmed to like sugar and being addicted to sugar and carbs isn't a moral failing and our, our armoured practice is barely 10 metres away from a shop that sells complete uh, junk um, and next door to that is a pharmacy so if you go in the first shop you'll probably need to go in the second uh, building and then the third if you do it often enough uh, so it's a crazy world we live in which is almost the same as uh, having an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting next to a Weatherstone pub in my view 
but uh, there you go. Um, and then, yeah, in the first session, this TED Talk by Sarah Halberg uh, has been watched about 7 million times. And this is a simple thing to understand. Uh, so eat carbs, glucose goes up, insulin goes up, uh, and then therefore you're in a fat storage mode and then back into a hungry mode as well. So you go into eating carbs again. So that's like a circle of woe in my view, but well worth uh, listening to uh, that TED talk. And then, yeah, it's emphasizing uh, small steps. And I think Belinda Fetke uh, put this on Facebook and uh, yeah, it was just the smaller steps and the uh, smaller incremental changes lead to big results rather than biting off a big chunk at the start. So that's a good to get our Zoom groups going on under those uh, circumstances. And then, yeah, it's really asking them how they best learn um, because we all learn in different ways and there's many resources and we can share all this at the end, as Camilla said, but yeah, podcasts and YouTube, uh, cookbooks and, and low-carb websites, testimonials and uh, people to follow online. And yeah, I kind of drip feed all these resources through the eight weeks. Um, so that's the most effective way I find. And then, yeah, week two, there's a low carb swap for anything. So bread, pizza, uh, pasta or mashed potato, there's, there's mashed cauliflower. So all this is stuff that I've been sort of uh, making myself in the last um, year or so. And it's focusing on the foods that we can really eat. And, and they're delicious stuff um, that create our health. And that's where the magic happens. And session three, I go into food labels. And uh, yeah, I hope to out at our covid clinic a couple of weeks ago and yeah a lady kindly gave me uh, a gift and this is the gift and nobody can tell me what this gift is from this long list of ingredients um, so it was a box of fox's biscuits um, and yeah you know nice gesture but i think it's misguided so and yeah i'll just put this in there uh if i ate two biscuits a day for 42 years which is my age that's 30,660 biscuits um and yet yeah, it's kind of asking and getting more aware of like a lifetime of inflammation and how how much uh inflammation you've given your body with biscuits and other other foods as well that produce that response so yeah do your own sums if you like um quite an interesting question though and then, yeah, session three is all about food labels and marketing, as Jen touched on. And it's just really don't believe anything that they say. Uh, they're a bunch of liars and I call them turd polishers because uh, they effectively get given a bunch of ingredients and made, uh, you know, their job is to uh, make us part with our money, uh, which, you know, these products aren't going to make you healthy. Uh, they're going to make you addicted and coming back for more and ultimately creating chronic disease. So yeah, I, I'm very skeptical of any food marketing. So ignore the front, read the back is my uh, blunt advice. And then, yeah, some of us don't have a, an eating problem. We've got a shopping problem. So all these supermarkets are set up for us to, you know, get in our heads and put a, put the wrong stuff in the baskets. And yeah, I make the analogy, it's like going around the wild west. You need to be on your game before you go into a shop uh, and work out where you want to go in the shop and, uh, what you want to buy otherwise you'll get sucked in by all their tricks and another thing to be aware of I think uh, just as one example uh, if you've got diabetes cornflakes um, aren't your best choice so they've got green lights and amber lights but realistically if your goal is to re uh, control blood sugars then yeah these deserve five or ten red lights on there because they are not uh, 
going to help you to get to your health goal. So that's another thing we can ignore based on our health goal. And yeah, I think we're overfed and undernourished in this country uh, and therefore hungry and inflamed as well. And a lot can be said for the blood sugar uh, roller coaster, as it's known. And if we've got a more stable blood sugar, we're more, we're more likely to make better decisions uh, as well as control our hunger. Um, but I think, yeah, in this country as well, we're, we're overstimulated and less self-aware and uh, yeah, bringing awareness to, to food labels and ingredient lists and traffic lights that don't uh, really do us any favours is, yeah, I spent a whole session uh, working on that. And yeah, there's no blame or shame in being sucked into all this trickery. Um, and yeah, session four, I go into um, sleep and when to eat and introduction to intermittent fasting. And this is one um, I've pinched from the low carb Freshwell site. Um, and yeah, just introducing them uh, to uh, yeah the fasting model and what the benefits can be. And rather than uh, grazing and snacking all day, which isn't going to get you to a, a better place if your goal is to control sugars. And yeah, so I think we've been listening to uh, status quo for too long, for about 40 years. Um, and that's got us listening to dire straits. Um, so yeah, thanks for that. Um, but yeah, we, we've got to change something, I think, because it's not working at the moment. And uh, yeah, Graham mentioned this book by Ben Bickman. I've just uh, almost finished it actually. And he links insulin resistance to everything on this chart here from arthritis to fatty liver obesity and dementia um, so all this kind of stuff can be improved uh, with greater control of uh, blood sugar and, in and insulin sensitivity and uh, yeah I sit one day a week with Debbie Crew, who's our frailty lead and she has to go around care homes and uh, uh, yeah seeing people in not a great state uh, and she says some aspects of aging are a consequence of how you live your life. And I totally agree with this. And uh, yeah, we have some interesting chats. And if our goal is to, <laughs> our goal is to wipe our own bums at the age of 90. So that requires living healthily and doing the, the healthy habits on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, yeah, because she's uh, described all the people who've lost their cognition, their dignity and their bodily functions. And uh, that's no end no way to end your final years of life um and yeah this is a, just coming on to habits and uh, creating health really we get we get good at what we practice so whether that's a bad habits uh, on on the left there whether we're sitting watching other people move um or ordering stuff on Deliveroo, not cooking stressed out not prioritizing sleep we get good at what we do um but conversely on the other side if we're cooking, eating real food, controlling blood sugars, learning how to relax, getting outdoors, planning. I speak to a lot of patients about planning your week and planning a shopping list, um, going old school and just writing down stuff. So yeah, again, repetition and it's uh, ha habits each day are gonna make or break you. And yeah, a few case studies in Hampshire. We got a good sort of momentum in uh, Hampshire where I am. And I was part of a project with Lou Walker arranged um, last summer in Winchester. So it was there was eight of us facilitating a pool of patients that she'd organised, and it got published uh, a week or two ago in BMJ. And uh, yeah, we'll share that link at the end. But we had some great results, um, uh, qualitative and quantitative stuff. Uh, but yeah, from 
from uh, lots of different measurements. And yeah, that was a good thing to have it published as well. And then Mark Hancock, yeah, he he's a, um, a financial advisor, but he's reversed his uh, type 2 diabetes a few years ago. And he's been working with a team of nurses in Portsmouth PCN. Uh, and he's taken them through uh, his own low carb course. And because they've now understood and, and what it feels like to, to go low carb, they've got more confidence into kind of uh, selling it, if you like, to, to patients. Uh, and he's also put the video on the right there, um, a video testimony of two patients he's also taken through his course and that both of those have reversed their diabetes. Uh, and yeah, very powerful videos, both of them. And yeah, we can share those as well. Um, yeah, from a, a nurse perspective and a patient perspective. And one more, yeah, Donald Collins is a former GP in Havant. He was previously obese and previously had type 2 diabetes himself. And he was just on the Ivor Cummins podcast uh, last week. Um, and yeah, he, he's kind of um, set up his own kind of low-carb project working with his PCN there. Uh, and yeah, that's another great initiative in Hampshire. And I'll, uh, yeah, come back to Mr. Hoff, because I think, yeah, without trying it and without living the low-carb way, you won't know what it feels like. So feeling is understanding. And whether that's taking a cold shower uh, or eating low-carb or intermittent fasting or just knowing what it feels like to have low hunger, um, yeah, you don't know. Uh, and if anyone wants help in setting up there, a low-carb group, uh, we can even do one potentially for healthcare professionals like Mark did. Um, it's only an hour a week. Uh, we can potentially do that. So yeah, there's my email. Feel free to get in touch. Um, and yeah, like culture is just a bunch of people copying each other. And we've been copying each other in the wrong ways in our culture for many years. So yeah, if you go to Nepal, you see kids wearing those hats. And if in Vietnam, it's a different uh, shape hat. So can we build on the low carb culture that we've been uh, starting now? Um, offering the low carb way to you know better health and it's creating many uh, health benefits and yeah Jen touched on this and yeah um, definition of treat an event or item that is out of the ordinary and gives great pleasure but uh, yeah I mean our staff rooms where I work there's cakes and biscuits 24-7 uh, up there um, and yeah I, slow poison is another way to look at it and uh, I don't think it's right, but it's not to judge anyone. But if anyone's got any good ideas on how I can or how we can create uh, a different culture, uh, feel free to share because, uh, yeah, it's uh, puzzling, to say the least. And I'll leave you one final quote. I like a bit of stoicism. Um, so, yeah, get busy with life's purpose. Toss aside empty hopes and get active in your own rescue. And I think it's just handing solutions back to patients to, to help themselves, really. Um, and yeah, anyone want to want to be able to work there at uh, bum age 90? Um, I know I do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll leave you with that. So that is my presentation. So I'll stop the share there. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Charlie. I enjoyed that. And um, I particularly like the Wild West association with the supermarket. I think it is a Wild West out there and the food industry have got an awful lot to um, answer for and we really just need to be informed and educated so that we can navigate the wild west I think and um, with healthcare, um, health coaches and PCN support then hopefully we can sort of get the 
word out there and 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 um, trickle it down to patients. Um, I think we're not all as lucky to have PCNs that are particularly supportive of this, but hopefully with increased awareness, then it will sort of come through. So we've had we've had a few questions, and I think this shows we're obviously sowing the seed because a lot of people are asking for quick, healthy breakfast options, options for children. Mm. Um, I don't know if you want to say something quickly about that what you would say to your zoom groups ollie yeah breakfast is probably the, the meal of the day that people ask the, the most about because yeah we're, we're kind of brainwashed into thinking toast and cereal and fruit juice is the way to go but um yeah i mean eggs any any format of eggs you want to cook that's an easy one and if you want to make egg muffins which i uh, i did i'll put a photo there that's a good one to do in a batch uh, on a sunday or whatever uh, or Full fat Greek yogurt, nuts, seeds, um, berries, and cinnamon is a good one for me. Um, or you can have like leftovers. We don't have to think that uh, breakfast is all about eggs or cereal or whatever. You can have anything you want, um, but it's having the the plans in place, and that goes back to you know your your goals and what you're you're planning to do to get there. And a lot of people don't have uh, or haven't got a, a plan at the moment, but that that's you know that's resolvable, and it's kind of uh, giving them some ideas. And giving them some resources and again it's like i, I can't tell you what you're going to like uh how about this uh, for, for a resource though so uh yeah that's how i look at it thank you and i and i sort of what would you say to very sporty individuals that obviously need a high calorific diet um and if they're going to cut out the carbohydrates what would you sort of advise to keep their energy levels up yeah i'd eat uh start with protein and meat fish and eggs I kind of base my food around that, whatever meal it is. And then it's above ground vegetables and add in, uh, you know, knobs of butter to your broccoli and things like that. But um, you, you don't go hungry on this one. And you, you get, yeah, as you, as you experiment and you notice the changes in your own body and your own hunger and your own energy, you work out your own solutions. Uh, but it does take a bit of trial and error, no doubt about that. But that's part of the fun. And I, and I think the message is that healthy fats, so nuts, cheese, dairy um butter things yeah. like that are fine it's the processed fats that are to be avoided yeah and i, I mean i make friends with my butcher as well i get a lot of meat from the butcher um or if i do buy it in the supermarket that you know 20 percent fat mints it's cheaper and it keeps you fuller and it's less processed and uh so you, you can save money as well as improve your health um but yeah it's kind of seeing uh food through a different lens um so yeah i mean i, I can buy uh, my groceries from the green grocer and the butcher and often i don't need to go into the uh, supermarkets as well and it's going old, old school again how we used to kind of shop and cook so you, you you avoid the wild west very sensible exactly yeah yeah don't go there and there's a question about a vegan diet i know this has had a lot of publicity over the last year and it is quite difficult have you got any advice for other diets like vegans uh it's possible it's more challenging but i'd ask them you know why why are they vegan uh, is it ethical or um other means because there's a lot of uh, confusion and and i think um it's not what it's all cracked up to be and there's uh yeah a lot of evidence now that, that you know it, it's not good for the environment it's not good for the planet uh, not good for mental health or physical health and there's a lot of resources there i can share as well but I, i'd listen to podcasts and watch youtube all the time from uh, the likes of yeah the unwins and graham and, and, and loads of stuff and i just sort of i'm a bit skeptical of the vegan movement and the plant-based movement it's not necessarily 
nutrient dense and uh, if you focus on nutrient density that's where you're at and uh, i think animal products have uh, got the greatest nutrient density but, uh, and I, and I think um, sort of the, the, the sort of evidence and sort of what's in vogue changes all the time. And I think you obviously need to question and challenge patients. Often we can't change what their innate beliefs are. And it's really trying to support them, isn't it, as best we can with the knowledge that it may not be the best diet. But if that's what they're choosing based on what they've decided, then we can support them sort of with a variance of, 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 the, of the diet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, as busy GPs in our day to day practice, we can't be experts. We can't impart all our knowledge because we just don't have time. Because if you once you've seen this, the seed has been planted. It's very difficult to unsee. And everything really does stem back to getting the core innate diet correct. Things like mental health. I've heard Jen Unwin speak before and she was saying it's as effective in improving mental health as potentially SSRIs are. Um, so it's also a lot of these things are linked up. You are overweight, you've got depression, you've got poor self-esteem, you've got poor motivation, you've got poor fertility. All these things are sort of interlinked and once you sort of unravel one of them, all the others sort of sort of spiral with it, which is a good thing. So thank you, Ollie, to show us what health coaches and social prescribers can do to support practices and as you say you're welcome to um, impart some information and help with training with other healthcare professionals and I think also with other sort of health coaches or PCN staff potentially to sort of get people rolling on on supporting with a Zoom healthy living program potentially is that right? Yeah any information that would be helpful I can yeah happily share and uh, yeah happy to pass on any any ideas really so yeah that'd be brilliant so if people do want to connect with ollie then his email was on there and we can put that at the end as well so thank you ollie i just wanted to sort of finish off today by sharing my screen and sharing some resources so you know i find it's very difficult in the sort of realms of a busy practice to bring it into conversation and once you start the conversation it sort of does take a long time so i often tend to introduce it into the conversation by saying something like there is a lot of evidence that improving your metabolic health and diet can have a positive impact on and then whatever they've come in with mental health fertility type 2 diabetes etc and then I say if this is something you'd like to explore then I can give you the link to our PCN website and in our practice and our PCN we're very lucky there's three of us um, doctors that are very interested in the low carb approach and we've built quite a good resource for patients and I will just screen share now um, and let me know if you can see this Joanna can you see that yes that's come through Camilla so if you google new forest and PCN this is our PCN network website and on here we've got information about diabetes and metabolic health we've got low carb diet and information We've also got sort of health and well-being with links to sort of mental health, seawater swimming, other resources. But if I go to the low carb diet information, when you click on here, there are options of dinner, for example, foods to avoid, foods to go for, key principles and meal ideas. And there's links to recipe books down there as well. And so, for example, breakfast, where everyone was um, 
querying, there's key principles again and meal ideas for breakfast. And there are resource pages with resources and books. So that's quite helpful to give to um, patients. On here is also David Unwin's um, diet sheet and what he recommends. And here it sort of summarizes his diet sheet. And that's very helpful as a sort of starting point for patients to understand how to go about the low carb diet. There's also learn about the science page and this links into other videos that David Unwin has done explaining to patients about low carb, explaining about the data that they've got and it links to um, other resources as well. It, it links to his patient, his paper in BMJ Nutrition, low carb podcasts um, and there's also recipe books that you can link to on here. So it's quite useful to have one information page that does everything and on here you can also have a look on websites so these are the websites that people can link on to the public health collaboration we've been talking about low carb kitchen there's lots of recipes in there the Freshwell low carb project has linked to um, a meal plan diet doctor has lots of free recipes on you can link to the resource pages the books that are available you can click on there there's also links to um, videos that are available and there's lots of information here on different people talking about low carb and informing patients and this is ones with the public health collaboration linked in there Lou Walker who's just had a public paper published as well about her um, results from the Zoom classes that she's been reading. So there's an awful lot of resource on this link and I tend to tell patients if you Google um, New Forest and PCN it will come up and all the links are embedded in there including metabolic health, information about fatty liver, information about metabolic health and what it is. So that's a good way of introducing it to the conversation giving patients some resource in one link that you can AccuRx to patients and then they can go and do their own research and you can follow up in a couple of weeks and touch base or you can put them in touch with your social prescriber who can follow up and um, advise them about other areas that they can um, get support from Zoom groups or um, support programmes. So um, I'm going to unshare now if I can. Um, I don't know how to unshare. If you can unshare me, um, Joanna. Sharing, stop share, there we are. There we are, thank you. <laughs> the, um, so I hope that has been useful. Um, I want to um, finish on a final compilation of videos from the, similar to the start, which is showcasing some really um, powerful evidence of success stories um, and before I switch on to the videos I just want to tell you about the follow-up education sessions the LMC, um, Wessex LMC are putting on in the Wedgepack series. There's dermatological lessons from lockdown on the 11th of March at lunchtime, deprescribing on the 16th of March, at, um, I'm not sure what time of the day, and there's a menopause talk at 2.30 on Wednesday the 23rd of March and all of those will be an hour long education session so do look at the Wessex LMC education page to book those.
So thank you for all joining us. And I'm going to finish with playing the video and then we will end. So thank you. And I'll let them just... <laughs> Hi, my name is Holly Hayward. I'm the practice nurse at Heartland Surgery and just wanted to spend a minute today to explain why I feel a low carbohydrate approach is working better than the standard approach within our community. And that's because people are finally understanding how their diabetes works and that low carbohydrate means that their HbA1c reduces, their weight reduces and things like their pain get better. Also things like their breathing with their asthma improves when they lose weight on a low carbohydrate approach. I feel that the job satisfaction is much better now with my diabetes work and that's because when I see my patients, the majority of the time the HbA1c's are improving and their weight is reducing, which I could never say before when I had my diabetic clinics. I'm Tom Maylands and I've been using a real food lower carbohydrate approach in my clinical practice for about three years now. Um, uh, I'm not diabetes lead but I've engaged my practice um, to use this option for uh, many patients um, struggling with obesity, lipid profile problems, fatty liver, uh, diabetes and pre-diabetes as well as many other areas. And I've seen benefit even from brief verbal advice, maybe some um, small uh, short written uh, resources. Um, and on a brief search, I can, I can see that there's at least 30 people in, in my practice that have, um, have aborted their pre-diabetic uh, trajectory um, just with this, this brief advice. Um, I've also seen um, improvements in, in other areas, uh, perhaps obvious areas such as uh, lipid profiles, um, but less obvious areas like uh, sex hormone profiles. Um, I want to expand this field um, locally, but also hope that uh, uh, that on a national level, hopefully metabolic health will become uh, one of the key areas of investment for, for primary care and public health resources and hope that a low carb approach um, is a, a flagship treatment for this. Thanks. I'm Dr. Ruth Tapsell and I'm a GP in Heartland Surgery in North Devon. We've been as a team using the low carbohydrate approach for our patients with type 2 diabetes and obesity for the last three years now. And we really have seen some remarkable outcomes during that time. Lots of our patients who have type 2 have got much better control now. And this is without starting new medication. This is, you know, this is often just using diet alone. So currently, I think we have about 51 of our patients with type 2 have their HbA1c below 48. That's something that we didn't see before, certainly not without using lots of medication. We're also seeing obviously really exciting outcomes with our pre-diabetics. So the vast majority of, of patients diagnosed with pre-diabetes will manage to get their HbA1c down below 42. This adds up to us um, being able to stop lots of medication um, and also avoiding starting new medication. So this is obviously really exciting because this feels like it must be really good value for, for the NHS. So we wish we'd done this sooner and we'd really encourage any other practices out there who are contemplating following a, a, a low carbohydrate approach um, just to yeah, get cracking with it. There's lots of support out there. There's lots of people doing it now. I'm Dr. Kesa Singh Sadra. I'm a GP in Slough, Berkshire, a partner there since 1989 and looking after the diabetics since. Practice population of just over 10,600, 90% of them being South Asian origin and nearly 1,300 diabetics in the practice. Adult prevalence of 16% and an over 65 prevalence of nearly 50%. 
My low-carb journey started around 2003, looking at the glycemic index and then the glycemic load of common consumed foods. Then looking at alternatives to the foods with lower GI content. I used the Freestyle Navigator for recording blood sugar profiles for the common foods, and this was the precursor of the Freestyle Libra. I used those blood sugar profiles as a means of educating and convincing patients to change. An audit of 150 patients in 2010 to 2012 showing dramatic HbA1c drops of over 60 millimoles and reducing oral medications. In 2012 to 2014, I did an audit on 290 patients demonstrating HbA1c drops of over 100 millimoles, achieving a massive 116 millimole drop in four months. Having been achieving remission since those years, both according to the current guidelines and what I believe to be a more accurate and true remission by confirming with a glucose tolerance test. So highest prevalence of type 2 diabetes in the locality and southeast, we were one of the highest HbA1c target achievers with the lowest cost of diabetes related prescriptions one of the lowest hospital admission rates for diabetes-related problems in the locality. Finally, year on year, despite a challenging population, massive prescribing savings, 33% under national average, 66% savings on insulin prescriptions, and if extrapolated to the nearly 4 million diabetics in the UK, this could lead to a massive 400 million pounds saving each year. Thank you.